African swine fever virus cannot fly. Somebody or something must bring it inside the farm. In other words, the virus needs a carrier. So if you know the roots and if you know how to interrupt these roots, I think you can successfully protect your farm uh, from the infection. Hello, welcome to Meet the Expert, the podcast series on swine health management in practice brought to you by Boehringer Ingelheim. My name is Peter Best. In this episode of Meet the Expert, we will be talking about African swine fever and the practical challenges it presents to pork production farms. Our expert to help us with this is someone who has gathered quite some first-hand experience of ASF in both Europe and Asia. He is veterinarian Dr. Thomas Treller, based at the Vienna Regional Center of Böhringer Ingelheim as technical manager in the swine sector for the region of Central and Eastern Europe. Hello, Dr. Treller. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Peter. Good afternoon. And I'm really glad to hear you again. And uh, good afternoon to everybody who is joining us again. Let me start by asking you about farm protection in a zone where there is ASF. Based on the lessons learned from breakdowns with the virus on some Asian and European farms, what advice would you offer to a swine enterprise about operating in a location where the African swine fever virus may be present? Generally speaking, what does farm protection involve in this case where ASF virus is concerned? Does our regular swine farm biosecurity program need any extra features aimed specifically at the virus? Well, unfortunately, the situation that we are producing pigs in regions heavily affected by ISF became reality. It is reality in Asia. It is reality already in several countries in, in Europe. And well, we already talked about uh, biosecurity partly in, in the first part. And, and as I already mentioned, this is the only tool we have now to protect our farms and to survive in, in such infected environment. Um, actually, you ask um, what we have to do. I think that uh, the last few years show us that um, what was working before may not necessarily work today against ASF. So example, African swine fever virus is very resistant to chemical and physical factors. It means it can stay infectious for a long time. What does it mean long time? It could be weeks or it could be even months. Another point is disinfection or decontamination procedure may be very difficult, very complex and very costly. It means also that not everybody will be able to perform it correctly or there is a lot of sources of, of mistakes during disinfection. And we already talked several times about the fact that the virus um, can stay infectious in many pork products. And with these pork products, the virus can travel thousands of kilometers. And finally, 
we already discussed about this. Um, we are facing, at least in some countries, huge problems with the wild boars, which represent a very important virus reservoir. And this is, I think, also quite new for us as, as a pig veterinarians. Um, when I'm thinking about uh, diseases like uh, mycoplasma infection or even uh, PRS infection, we, we do not have such situation that we have suddenly a huge reservoir of the pathogen going around um, our farms and which is extremely difficult to control. I mean, the wild boar uh, population. So to summarize it, the African swine fever virus cannot fly. Somebody or something must bring it inside the farm. In other words, the virus needs a carrier. So if you know the roots and if you know how to interrupt these roots, I think you can successfully protect your farm uh, from the infection. But you mentioned the difficulties with de decontamination. So you've identified possible routes, let's say vehicles for the sake of argument. Um, what, what can you do that we're not doing already to decontaminate vehicles? Well, we had, uh, I think the last few years, we, we learned quite a lot. I just um, can mention only porcine epidemic diarrhea, which was uh, heavily affecting North America or China a few years ago. And uh, during this um, epidemic, we realized that, for instance, uh, hot air treatment uh, after washing and disinfection is a very critical point to, to keep the truck uh, clean or, or um, to destroy the pathogen inside the truck. And I think we have a similar situation in, in case of African swine fever. Decontamination is very difficult uh, because the virus has uh, this type of properties, as I already mentioned, very, very resistant to physical and chemical treatment. It takes time. So for instance, the contact time needed to destroy the virus is quite a long, in practical uh, cases, more than 10 minutes, you need a temperature treatment, you need a specific disinfectant, you need the detergents to remove uh, dirt or debris uh, around the virus. So it takes time. It needs quite a special procedures like dry cleaning, wet washing with detergents, disinfection, ensuring uh, proper long enough contact time, and finally, hot air drying. It is indeed a quite complex, time-consuming, and of course, expensive process. So it means for the smaller farmers, uh, it could be extremely challenging. So the question is what to do. And I think in the real life, what we are doing is try to keep the vehicles as far and as much away from your, from your farm. So to reduce the vehicle traffic as much as possible, to avoid any direct contact of vehicles with production zones, so the area where the pigs are located. Um, use so are you talking about creating a buffer zone of exactly. some sort? Exactly. So, ah, right. What, what would this buffer zone look like? How, how large or wide should it be? Yeah. So actually, the, 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 the traditional approach uh, when you are designing biosecurity concept was based on the white and black area. So you have white clean area inside the farm, you have a fence and outside is everything uh, black and dirty and dangerous. The problem is that you have to supply 
and you need logistic for the production zone. So you mean you have, there are still some trucks which must enter the production area or better to say, they have to get close to the production area, for instance, supplying feet, supplying piglets or gills, or picking up the market pigs to the slaughterhouse. So it means for this vehicle, sometimes you need uh, vehicles which are bringing, I don't know, construction materials or something for the maintenance uh, services on the farm. So you have to manage these trucks. And uh, for this, uh, nowadays we created, let's call it gray zone or, or, or the logistic zone or the buffer zone. It means it's a very well controlled zone, which is separated from the outside zone, let's call it black one, by the fence, but still separated by the fences from the production zone. For instance, the loading of the feed beans is done over the fence. It's easy. If you have the proper location uh, of your feed beans, the feed truck can load the beans over the fence. If you are using the loading chutes, then you can avoid a direct contact of the slaughterhouse truck with the building. Yeah, so we, we have already quite a lot of uh, procedures how to manage this, and I think that that's, that's very important. And of course, this zone is, is already separated. You can quite easy control who is moving there, uh, what kind of people. You need this zone also, for instance, to moving dead pigs from your production area to the external fence to the place where a rendering truck will pick up the dead pigs from the outside. So this is a kind of new concept, which is basically based on three zones, external zone, intermediate buffer zone or logistic zone, and the, the super clean production zone. Yeah, the, this is obviously helpful for ASF, but also for other pathogens, isn't it? So it's worth doing on a wider scale than simply for the control of the ASF virus? Yes, of course. I mean, whatever we are doing to, to protect the farm uh, from ASF is also helpful to protect the farm uh, from other pathogens. Just uh, mentioning PRS, uh, maybe something else. Uh, I mean, you will always have some specific uh, issues. For instance, thinking about PRS, we are thinking about gilts or semen. Uh, however, I would say that uh, African swine fever is a kind of benchmark uh, today regarding uh, biosecurity levels, which is linked to the to the properties of this virus, very high resistance against uh, physical and chemical factors, and also due to the consequences uh, which are linked to ASF infection. Let me pause for a moment to remind everyone that more information on this conversation, like articles, publications and videos, can be found on the website pers.com. Yeah, uh, of course, a lot of these precautions are, I would suggest, linked to farm size. Some of the things which a larger farm could do would be very difficult to consider on a smaller farm. And it often seems to me that the smaller or even backfield farms are the ones more often affected by ASF. They can't create fortress farms where separate teams of people take care of the pigs and the crops. Uh, and so what do they do? And I'm thinking 
particularly about uh, harvest time. They won't want to, when they come to and from the field to the farm, they don't want to leave the tractor outside the farm fence when they return from the field. So uh, are wheel dips, like boot dips, are, are wheel dips any help to them here? I mean, uh, the wheel dips or the boot dips, uh, we have to differentiate it here a little bit, um, are of course better than nothing, but they are not enough. So so a wheel dip in the front of your farm or, the, or at the gate entering the farm area uh, must not uh, give you a kind of uh, security feeling. Um, why? So first of all, Imagine that, that your farm is located in the area where, where you have infected wild boars uh, and then during the night a wild boar, a sick uh, or infected wild boar is uh, hit by the car. You have some, some blood on, on, on the road, you have maybe some tissue remaining on the blood and a few hours later uh, you are just passing with your tractor and it is blood containing the virus uh, or, or some tissue. Uh, remainings are sticking to, 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 to the car or to the truck. Um, now, they may be on the tire, but usually all this dirt is, is gathering in, in the wheelhouse or in at the, at the, some areas of chassis. So just passing a, a wheel dip, you will not remove the virus, especially on, on, on the rainy day, if everything is wet. Uh, on the car, you will easily see how these these droppings are going down, and finally you have this this debris, you have this dirt, um, possible with the with the virus inside in the middle of your court. So it means um, uh, pressure cleaning is is definitely something we 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 will suggest. Or again, we discussed this is something which might be very challenging on a small farm. Just keep the truck away from your production zone. I think this is this is the message to the, to the smaller farm. Try to separate the place where you are parking your equipment like tractors or parking your trucks or your cars um, from the area where you are moving uh, for entering the pig buildings. Hmm. You, you mentioned pressure washing, uh, pressure washing. Uh, that can be a risk factor in itself, can't it? I'm thinking you can't aerosolize the virus, but you could be uh, contaminating the, the wastewater that, that goes into the drainage. So how you drain this water is important. And of course, other vehicles and other boots and so on could go through that drainage water. So you have to be a bit careful there, don't you? Absolutely. So it means that then when we are we are decontaminating uh, vehicles, then we are doing this on 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 the special uh, place, which is especially dedicated for cleaning or washing, which is uh, specially equipped, which which has a special surface. Um, actually, this is a kind of uh, closed area with with a kind of small building, or call it like a like a kind of garage. Um, we have to the issue in winter time with. with or we have the issue with uh, with the rain, which can dilute disinfectant. So actually, again, 
this is something which which is doable for the larger farm, but uh, it's basically impossible for the smaller farm. So once again, I repeat, try to keep your trucks away and try to put a kind of fence or gate between the, the areas where your uh, trucks or equipment is parking and, and the area where you are moving around the pig buildings or the area you are passing uh, if you want to enter the pig buildings. Hmm. I'm going to take you back then. In planning any biosecurity, we should start by trying to understand the risks that we're confronted by. Uh, on the farms of which you've had experience, was it possible to identify how the ASF virus had entered? In very, very few cases, unfortunately. So, and, and if I'm talking with, with the colleagues um, who have even more experience uh, or, or when we were working in China, trying to, to develop biosecurity uh, structures, it was extremely difficult, difficult and in most cases impossible to find out how the virus entered the farm. So it means you have to consider uh, any possibility. It could be vehicle, it could be people, uh, it could be live pig, uh, it could be feet, um, it could be pork, which was brought by the people. We are thinking about flies or other insects. Uh, we have some indication a few years ago that the virus uh, might came with the water to the farm. So basically, developing biosecurity a strategy for the individual farm, you have to consider all these routes because all of them are possible. Mm. You, you, let's start with the people then, the human factor. Does this mean we need to train everyone who works on the farm and make sure they observe the precautions? And do we need to explain the reasons for the biosecurity also to people who may come near the farm or visit it, such as truck drivers? Yes. So, so, but uh, again, people are are quite complex. So we are talking about the human factor. So from one side, you need the proper infrastructure, which means you need uh, areas where all everybody who is entering the farm change the clothes, change the booths. Uh, you have a showering area. We are calling this traditionally Danish entry. So it is usually at the enter of production area, so the, the pig buildings where you are taking everything off and you are taking shower, then you, you, you put on clothes which are um, clean and which are only uh, used in, in, in the production area. So this is the infrastructure. But of course, even the, the most sophisticated shower area will not protect me if the people are not using this properly. Yeah. Mm. So it means that you need also a kind of biosecurity culture. If you are leaving uh, the production area uh, because you forget something in, in the office, which is located outside, and then you are going back and telling yourself, oh, I was showering in the morning, I, I don't need to make it any, uh, again now, it's, it's wrong. So once you leave the area, and you have to enter again, you have to take a shower. There is no exception. So it means you have to understand that you have to pay attention to every small issues and you have to be consequent. No exceptions, uh, no routine, 
we also have experienced that uh, routine is killing. The people say, I was doing this for five years and it was fine, but it does not mean that it will be fine today. So it means really uh, a culture. I think also it's our job as a veterinarians, as a managers um, to explain and to make clear to our employees that it's also important for them, for them, for their job, for their, their salary to, to keep this um, really at the highest level, what we agree and use this infrastructure we, we uh, provide on the farm in the proper way. Hmm. Uh, and again, on biosecurity planning, uh, you mentioned fomites. So how do you evaluate those risks and uh, what do you do about them is really my question. Uh, do you think that uh, we need to take extra precautions against flies or foxes or rodents or whatever it is? I think we... Talking about biosecurity, we were always talking about rodent control, flight control. So it, it's um, also in case of ASF, it is a very important part. Yes, we have we have a scientific evidence. There are publications showing that that the flies can be a carrier of the, of the virus. Um, the rodents can carry many diseases, so probably also ASF. That's clear. Um, but generally. I would say that if we follow strictly all the well-known rules regarding rodent control and flight control, keep the area clean, uh, keep the proper strategy to use the traps, to use the poison, um, to use uh, products to control uh, flies in the proper way, then the risk is very, very limited. You need a huge amount of flies to, to get really virus into the peak. So it means if everything is clean, if everything is done properly, a simple story. You have to keep all the dead peaks or, or uh, let's say, remainings like placentas immediately under, under closure. I mean, tightly closed container. We have still pictures on the farm that you have seen dead pigs late afternoon uh, still in the front of the building. I mean, this is absolutely uh, no go. You, you, you cannot do this. So, so we, we start with a simple, with a simple measures uh, to get this, this biosecurity at the highest level. And these simple measures must be followed strictly every day, every time. Okay, well, I'm afraid we must end there for the moment, Dr. Treller. I want to thank Dr. Thomas Treller of Boehringer Ingelheim, and my thanks, as always, to you, the listeners, for joining us in this podcast. You can catch more of the conversation with Dr. Treller and further meet the expert podcasts, so stay tuned. But from this podcast, goodbye. We want to remind you that more information on this conversation, like articles, publications and videos, can be found on the website pers.com.